I'm Jake. And I'm John. And this is Canine Critique. Welcome back to Canine Critique. It's another week in the doghouse. Heck yes. Like catchphrase after every intro. I wish we could be like Carol Baskin. She says, hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Who's that? Who's that? She's the woman who killed her husband in Florida, fed him to the tigers, allegedly. <sighs> Don't talk to me about Tiger King, okay? You're right. It has nothing to do with dogs, and that's the only thing we can talk about. It's not the only thing we can talk about. Um, it sure is. We can talk. We cannot. No. We talk about Star Wars and comic books all the time. You're right. But because Star Wars and comic books both have dogs in them, so... When have I ever seen a dog in Star Wars? Solo, a Star Wars story. Oh, the, the space dog man? Yeah, space dogs. Wookiee? Space dogs chased him down. Oh, in the... On, on Corellia. On Corellia. Also, yeah. there's those crystal other foxes. Yeah, the crystal foxes. Those are fun. Mm. They're pretty cool, I guess. Porgs. Yeah. What? Porgs. No, those... Dogs don't have wings. Porgs are like the minions of the Marvel, of the Star Wars universe. No, Ewoks are the minions of the Star Wars universe. Are they? Yes, they are. Yeah. That if you're going to say there's a minions of No, Gungans. <laughs> I like minions more than I like the Gungans. Yeah. Okay, who would win in a fight? The Gungans or minions? <sighs> this is a good one. Yeah. Um... I mean, Gungans have, like, force fields and, like, guns. But the, Minions also have, like, fart guns and shrink rays. And I, I played a lot of Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds. And I usually played the Gungans because the builders in that game, the farmers, when they build, there was, like, a little fluff that come out around them. And I thought they were farting. And, like, six-year-old Jake thought it was the most hilarious thing. Making just, like, a big group of them fart on a field. I think the Gungans would win. I feel like the idi- they're the idiots. The minions are idiots. But I guess in, in this situation, they'd have to be in the same universe. And they get so, ripped out of their realities into a neutral reality. Yeah, but minions, part of their, part of their, uh, well, I guess what makes them who they are is that they're attracted to the most evil person in the universe. And that's who they serve, is the most evil guy that makes no sense that's just if you watch minions that's how they get i would to never because gru's a bad guy they get they, they they're attracted to ultimately just a good guy so which which begs the question would the minions have fought with the separatists or the republic or would they probably have... the separatists then so it makes sense that they'd be fighting over the gungans fighting the gungans and the, uh, i guess the gungans only won by it only because the republic stepped in the naboo we're fighting. It looked like it was mostly just Gungans versus droids, though. I didn't see any other. Yeah, but they they were they were surrounded by the droids when little Annie flew his ship in and shut them all down. You're right. Then I guess they would have lost. But I don't think equal number of Gungans versus equal number of minions. Yeah, Gungans absolutely. Would Gungans would drop kick them. I would say you could double the minions against the Gungans. They'd still. Win. I want to see it because they have guns yeah, and I spears see fight. and grenades. And elephant-like catapult things. They're not elephants, but those animals. They have like a ton of like slug throwers. Is that what they're called? I don't know. Oh, those like snipers. They have like those plasma ball things. Oh, yeah. That's fun. What do the minions have? Antics. I guess antics and bananas. They sing songs and they they cross-dress a lot. You're right. And like I said, maybe they have some Gru stuff, but most of Gru stuff doesn't work. You're right. Shrink Ray, which he stole from someone else. And the fart gun. And he, did, he, he just has Professor what, Nefario. He, he's the one that makes all the stuff. Yeah. Gru just has bad intentions. So none of them are there. It's just the minions. Yeah, oh, okay. The minions versus the gungans. Yeah, I the think minions, they, they have no, without a leader, they have no, they can't do a thing. I think Kevin's their leader, isn't, isn't it Kevin? No, but they go to the most evil. Yeah, they so do. It's like, I feel like without that, they're like, what do we do? Okay, but they try and befriend the gungans because, like, in this scenario, they perceive the other person as a threat. So they'd be like, oh, they're the most evil. And then the Gungans would be like, what? Kill them. Well, the Gungans hail from the planet Naboo, where Senator Palpatine is from. 
So do you think that they'd fight for Senator Palpatine? Now imagine a, an army of minions in uh, stormtrooper armor. We have to... No. No. <laughs> that, that would ultimate. Stormtroopers go down so fast, too. Yeah, but I, I, they got defeated by Ewoks, which are the which are the minions of the Star Wars universe. I don't yeah. think there's any way the minions are winning this. Is what I'm saying. I know. I, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to make it more interesting by connecting. This is already an interesting-ish fight. It doesn't matter. And arguably, the Ewoks, the Ewoks were already losing until they got help from the Republic. Not the Republic, but the the Rebellion. The Rebellion. It looked like mostly three rebels versus three rebels and a bunch of Ewoks versus. Storm, stormtroopers if you if you say that the ewoks didn't do that on their own grit i think then that is a wasted part of that movie because i feel if like the ewoks hadn't done it on their own grit why why did they wait until there was the the rebellion were coming to help did they i don't remember the rebel this, this shield trainer this shield generator took a long time to build it, it had to have taken more than at least a month and if the ewoks didn't want them there from the beginning they should have been trying to shut it down from the beginning maybe they just didn't know they just didn't know. So maybe, it, took, it took the three rebels to show up and help them. So maybe I need like a Rogue One style movie about the Ewoks Never. fighting the Empire and then they run into Leia. <laughs> no, that would be the worst thing. That's just how Rogue One ends. They run into Leia who gives them hope. <laughs> no. <laughs> what? And they, they freaking praise C-3PO as a god. Because they're idiots, like the minions. Like the minions. Okay, well then I guess more of a fair fight. Ewoks versus minions. Ewoks have weapons and some battle strategy. Well, so do the minions, technically. They really. have about weapons. And the minions, they... they work together a lot. They climb, they climb each other and make like tall ladder minion thing. Which it increases their surface area, which means more spears can be thrown at them, I feel. You're right. I think the Ewoks win. I want to give it to the Ewoks just out of, out of my Ewoks heart. Ewoks are more savage, too, I feel. And at the end, the Ewoks would just eat them all. Yep. Or at the end of it, would they become friends and they'd all pray C-3PO? It's not how this works. We'll You're right. to fight. <laughs> okay, I think I think Star Wars prevails in the Despicable Me versus Star Wars universe. Yep. I, just last week, Sadie sent me a picture of the Despicable Me cast, and I didn't realize how lit the cast was, ever. Steve Carell, Russell Brand, Kristen Wiig. D- did you know... Uh, Jason Siegel, Jason Seagal is the voice of Vector. Yeah, I did know that. I didn't. And I, I love Vector! Oh yeah. Oh man. I love him. I like the first Despicable Me. And then I saw the second one, I was like, eh. And then I was excited for the Minions movie and then never saw it. And now I don't care. That was a new one, The Rise of Gru coming out. Yeah. I'm not There was a Despicable Me 3 as well. I watched that one with like there was like some 80s bad guy. But there's like a brother. You see like Gru's blonde-haired brother. Isn't that what number two is about? That's number three. Is there a fourth Despicable Me? There's three Despicable Me's and then there's two Minions movies. The second one is coming out, Rise of Gru. What was the second one about? That's with the girl. The second one, there's a, there's like a luchador kind of villain. And that, that's when he meets the girl. Yeah, Kristen Wiig. Okay, and then the third one, he's working with like the good people yeah and then he needs his brother's help to be a villain to stop the 80s themed bad guy who plays guitars i've not seen it and throws rubik's cubes i don't know he has like a godzilla and scene in hollywood i think hollywood needs to stop making movies about hollywood okay there i said it Good. it's just it's just annoying to me i get it that's your life but <laughs> I want some movie about some normal person in North Salt Lake just living his life. Do you really want that? No. That's my life. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, well. I don't have any dog stories. Do you have a dog story? I have a dog story that I just heard. Is it about Bambi? No. Oh, you mean Autumn? Wait, Maple? No. What's what's your... I had a friend. I just had lunch with her today. Oh, okay. And she was telling me. She has a dog. And the dog wants... I guess very nice dog as she explained it to me like attacked one of these cats that walked into their house oh and they not not house into their yard or whatever I was gonna say how did they got the cat in its mouth I think it was like roughhousing with it and the cat scratched it and then in its fear they didn't know this at the time crapped on the dog's chest belly and so 
the, her dad comes out and kind of like gets mad at the Pro dog. Pro skunk move, though. Yeah. <laughs> gets mad at the dog. And... Did the dog go sneak in at night and crap on the owner's chest? No, the dog who feels ashamed goes into her brother's room in the basement and just like lays on the bed and everything, I think. Oh. Lays on the bed? I think so, yeah. Oh, no. And just... They didn't know, though. Oh, no. So, and she's like, better his than mine, though, is what she said. So, so the then he just comes her. home and there's just like cat crap all over his bed? Yep. That sucks. Yeah, that sucks. But that's a good dog story. Or... Alternative story. What if he lied about the cat crap and he took a dump on it <laughs> and blamed it on the dog? Jeez, no, definitely not. I don't know. I think it's it's a an option, to say the least. Okay. Whatever, say the least. Honestly, that's my dog story. That's a good dog story. You know what, John? It wasn't boring. Good. Did you know that dog stories are never boring? Send us your dog stories if you have them. Yes. And then then we'll. We'll share it on the podcast, and you'll be famous, more famous than us. Yeah. Do you have dog news? I don't have dog news. Everything's corona right now. You're right. Nothing, nothing. It's just annoying. I, I think I already, did I say this already in the podcast, that coronavirus is a dead meme that just keeps going? I hate yeah. it. Because it's just, the is meme it dead, is, dead. is the, it dead. The meme is dead. But people keep sharing it like it's not. Like... We're getting baby boomers and uh, Gen Y coming in. We got millennials and just everybody is making... No, Gen X. That's the one I meant. Gen X and baby boomers are making memes and I hate it because they're not funny. The perfect definition of a Gen X and baby boomer meme is a Facebook meme. The scroll if you hate Jesus. Or like... This this person fought in the war. Can I get five shares? Yeah. Okay. And and then I guess a better de- a definition of a millennial meme is what what we know to be memes. But then you get the Gen Z, and they're just so spicy. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, G- Gen Z has like a, a very special type of sense of humor that's really dark and also almost ununderstandable. Like, you can't understand it. Ununderstandable. Miss, I mean, you know what I mean. What's the word? Unable to understand. Unable to understand. Thanks. It's it's like a, a picture of a dog that's just laying on the ground and the caption is, same. That's Gen Z. Great. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean. You've seen it. And our... our uh, Gen X parents have Gen Z kids and they don't know how to connect with them. And I think if they just bridge the gap with the millennial memes, they could be friends. But my goodness, people sharing pictures was like, I want to see how many American flags I can get in my feed today. Or like back in my day, we would put our hands over our heart and recite the Pledge of Allegiance in school. Like we don't even go to school right now. Those are the kinds of things your dad shares on Facebook. (laughs) I love my dad. But that's, that's, you know what I mean. Yeah. And he is, I think, I, I, I think he's a boomer or he's in Gen X. Is your dad a boomer? I think he's the very end of the boomer. Like how I'm the very end of millennial slash beginning of Gen Z. Okay. Which is why I understand both the senses of humor. <laughs> I identify fully with millennial. I don't hate Gen Z kids. You, 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 you can identify with millennial all you want, but you were born in the year the Gen Z kids are. So Me? Yep. When is that year? We've already looked this up and it's, it's, 19, shit. it's murky. 1996. It's murky. It's 1996. Were you 95? I'm 95. Okay. Well, and I know everything about me. It's murky. It's murky, John. But the you, lines are blurred. You can identify with millennials, but millennials are kids. Millennials have kids. Millennials are like... My, are like Where's your kids, Jake? Thirty-one-year-olds. I don't know, John. Where are they? You, you know what I mean. Gen Z are the are the kids that are in high school or have just recently graduated. That's you. You you just barely graduated junior high. No, I graduated like six years ago. You're right. But, like I said, just uh, let's save the world through memes and let's just let the meme die. Let's find something else to make memes about. If Tiger King could not have been released at a better time, but you know what, Tiger King, that's it, a month ago. Those memes are dead. But oh my gosh, I'm just, two months straight of the same meme is killing me. 
Wow. Don't get me wrong. I'll still laugh at a Harambe meme because it will touch my heart. I'll still laugh at that guy, the the one that PewDiePie hates. What is it? Who, who does PewDiePie? The first guy like? who ever did this must have been like. Oh, the you know that one? He's the the guy looking like the surprised face guy. <laughs> I love it because he died and came back three three separate times. Keep it coming. The meme that like Rick Astley, the meme that is immortal. Yeah, that one's immortal. I would argue uh, this. What's his name? Stefan, the dude from the kids show. He was number one. He's like the villain of the show. Oh, Robbie Rotten. Yes. From, um, that he, one. That I've always those memes are the best. What was it called? I don't know. There was Robbie Rotten, and then there was the superhero guy, and then there was the pink-haired girl, and then there was everyone else was like weird clay monsters. Yeah. I don't know. I want to say Candyland, but that's not true. I have a computer right here. Lazy Town. Lazy Town. Yep, I watched that as a kid. Of course you did. Right after the Backyardigans. Because you're a Gen Z. And that's what Gen Z grew up watching. Hey, I grew up watching... I also watched Dora. I watched Blue's Clues. That's what Gen Z kids grew up watching. You also did. What did you watch before... What was before Dora? Power Rangers? Power Rangers suck. That's why you're Gen Z, John. No, that's not. Um, I was there. I, I was there. Remember Rocket Power? Yes. Remember the Weekenders? Do you remember and I think the part of the reason that I identify so much more with the Millennials is because I, I was connecting with my older brothers who all are more Millennials than me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like Animaniacs? I only know that because of them. Yeah. Boy Meets World. I think that's more of a Gen X thing to watch to watch Boy Meets World. Do you remember when Full House was on Nick at Night? Yeah. And you always I always felt like so like when I was a kid and I was watching Nick at Night, I was like, ooh, like I'm watching Nick at Night. I didn't get into it till I was probably older, but I'd watch like Malcolm in the Middle and Family Matters. When when the nanny? Drake and Josh was it Nick at Night? Not naked tonight. Nick at night. Are you watching Drake and Josh at Naked Night? Ooh, Drake and Josh. Was Whoa. it Naked Night? I was like, I'm old now. I didn't know it was on a Nick at Night. Yeah, that's, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty I sure. I just remember the George Lopez show was on. Oh yeah. And I was like, I don't. Care that's why I'd be this. like, all right, next. <laughs> I'd go to next show. I'll go to Disney Channel. Well, Sweet Life again. All right, fine. Yeah. And the Cartoon Network was always a cartoon I didn't care about usually. Yeah. Because I, I liked more like the Dexter's Lab and the Samurai Jack. Dexter's and Lab, Powerpuff, Powerpuff Girls, Girls, Courage Cowardly Dog. And then there's the generation after that, which mostly sucked. And then like came back with regular show, kind oh, of. Regular show, Adventure Time. You ever watched the Marvelous Misadventures of Flapjack? Yes. So weird. Okay, what about but I loved uh, it. Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends? I didn't watch the whole time, but it's fine. Just <laughs> okay, dude. Sorry. Watch your friends. It's gumball? One of the best shows. No, wasn't wasn't a fan of gumball. Eli loved gumball. Well, tell Eli that I don't like it. Okay. Actually, Eli, if you're listening, I don't like gumball. There, I said it. Okay, cool. He was gonna write us a jazz theme. He was telling me. Was he really? He's like, I still need to do it because Jake's oh, yeah. always like that. Yes. And he's like, I still gotta do it. So. Uh, Elijah David Webb and Spotify do Stay it. Stay He also started a new instagram page called like the shape of music or something i'm gonna have to look it up real quick what does music look like it's not about it's about film score stuff and he's reaching out to film score people some have even emailed him back for permission to use his their music on like the the page and whatever that's pretty cool yeah let me pull it up it's actually pretty cool so if you're a fan of film score i'd consider giving it a like what's your favorite film score job um I really like The Secret Life of Walter Mitty's film score. I really like um, Interstellar. I like... I'm trying to think of ones that I fully like. Because my favorite film score might be Time from Inception. That's a good one. But, um... Can you guess what mine is? What, Star Wars? Good guess. Was it? No. Is it Indiana Jones? I love Jones? Star Wars. You're like Indiana Jones. Dang, I love Star Wars. No, I, maybe that still is my favorite. But I also really like Back to the Future and oh, yeah. Forrest Gump pretty, pretty and How to Train Your Dragon. Those are good. I haven't really heard Forrest Gump. Alan Silvestri, John Powell, John Williams, um, James Horner. Those, 
Teenage we watched a sil- we watched a silent voice a couple weeks ago. That's got a really good score. We did. Yeah. Oh, was that, that anime, anime movie? Yeah. Interesting. Well, I we like we also watched a dog movie this week. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. Just kidding. Lady the Tramp by the nineteen fifty five. Since it is the dog year of Disney Plus, we decided to revisit Lady the Tramp, but this time watch the original one, and. It's better than the new one. You know, go if I don't think we're gonna to talk too much about the movie itself. Oh, I'm gonna talk about the movie. Well, from what I can compare compared to what we already have. Okay. Because we we watched, uh, we watched *Laying the Tramp*. That was our episode that came out late November, episode fifteen. Want yeah. to check it out? Fifteen, really? It's been that long. Yeah. Holy crap! It's a like 20 episodes ago. Really? Yeah. Feels like a bygone era. Anyway. Um, so find out some of our original thoughts on that Lady the Tramp. Long story short, doggone it, it sucked. The old one? Yeah. Yes, that is true. Here's what's baffling about this new one to me. So it came out in 1955, right? Yeah, 1955. We watched Fox and the Hound, which is like 81. Yeah. This is like far and away better animation than Fox and the Hound was. Well, Walt Disney's still alive, so drop that down. That's true. I don't care. Um, I still like 101 Dalmatians, which came out after this. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I care. Obviously, he's a legend, whatever. But I'm just saying. No, I, I just think that because his his presence making these movies... Makes them better. Not just makes them better. No, like He worked on it, and he wanted to give a good product. Okay. I feel like Disney started looking more toward getting money with their movies. Oh, just making a quick buck. Yeah. Okay. And it was like, well, let's let's animate this quick. Like Lion King. Let's get it out of here. Like 101 Dalmatians was, let's animate this quick. But Walt Disney was still there. Okay. But he didn't like it. Yeah. So, it's called The Music of Story. Uh, sorry, that was, <laughs> that's the, the uh, Eli started. The Music of Story. The Music of Story. On Instagram. Check it out. Oh, that's that's a fun like little play on words rather than the story of music. The Music of Story. Yes. I like it. Is that the handle too? At The Music of Story? I believe so. Not bad. Yeah. Anyways, this movie. Yeah. All your favorite characters, they're back. All Or they were there to begin with. They're not back. They actually exist. Yes. Yes. The thing is, it's like, like I said, the animation is good. Like the lady, it's like they they really put a lot of expression into the eyes of lady, which I think is like they they mention that a lot. I'm like, oh, this is a pretty cute looking dog. I don't even care for dogs, you know, but it's a cute looking dog. We open up with a cute quote from uh, Josh Billings, whoever that is. Who's that animator uh, on this show? <clears throat> John, Josh. Josh Billings is actually. Uh, was born in 1818 really and he was an american humorist much like mark twain okay in fact here's a picture of him with mark twain oh he's one of those guys that's an old photo <laughs> yeah and like there's a lot of people that would just compare that him to mark twain but the quote of his is in the whole history of the world there's but one thing that money cannot buy to wit the wag of a dog's tail what does that mean? I don't know. I thought of that when I saw it. To wit the wag of a dog's tail. It's like to wit comma the wag of a dog's tail. No, no comma. There's no comma? There's dot 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 to wit the wag of a dog's tail. And I searched that because it said dot dot dot. And I was like, is what, what did they take out of the quote? But there isn't anything taken out. There's just some That's random ellipses. That's what the quote is. In, in the whole history of the world, there is but one thing that money cannot buy. To wit, the wag of a dog's tail. I need to go back to like 1830 and figure out what he meant. Time travel back just to find out what the heck that meant. Yeah, I'll also do some other fun things that happened in 1830, but Let's I'll check see. in on that. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I don't know this movie. I like the tramp in this movie like way more than the tramp in the in the, in the live action one. Yeah. Um... I feel like if I were to remake it, I would have had George Clooney 
be that dog. Like, I feel like that's kind of the attitude that he's got like a George Clooney, whoever the 1955 yeah. George Clooney was. Like, I feel like that was this guy, even though he's only been in like one other movie besides this. You talk about Tramp? Yeah, the guy who plays, who voices the Tramp. Yeah. Oh, what's her face? Is it Peggy Lee, the voice of Lady? I don't know who Peggy Lee is. Well, I read that, like, I think that was, like, one of the first kind of superstar castings being done in an animated movie, though. Yes, that, that is one of the fun facts. But Peggy Lee, uh, who is, like you just mentioned, arguably one of the first ever superstar casts in an animated movie. Did you know that after its first release on a videotape, she sued Disney for royalties on the sales? Yeah, I did. I read that as well. Oh. Because we're both going to IMDb for these things. Um, my, mine's actually on Wikipedia. Okay. Well, I'm sure it's just copy and pasted from one or the other. So. Yeah. Anyway, um, she actually won the case. Oh, cool. Yeah. Did you know that? She got almost $4 million from it. That's how you do it. Yep. <sighs> well, that's and pretty like, cool. But all you did was voice uh, an, animal. an animal for 76 minutes. And that's the runtime of the movie. You you voiced a lot less than that. Yeah, you cut out like eighty minutes for credits. Like, the animators arguably spent twenty times more time on this movie than you did, and you're getting the royalties for it because you you went and said, "What's up? I'm a dog." Howdy, and then left. I oh, know that's trusty. You're thinking. Oh, about sorry. Time. You're right. You're right. My Trusty is a dog that can't smell in the movie, and he's often sticking his face completely into a puddle, presumably drowning himself (laughs) to smell where the truck is going. There's also a random scene where these dogs are just like, it's like, it goes on for like 45 seconds too long, and it's just dogs howling in in a jail. There's a lot of scenes that go on 45 seconds too long. You're right. That was just this era, though, I feel like. People were probably more used to that back in the day. But like, like you were talking about the quality of the animation... 1955 Lady and the Tramp holds its own against 1989 Little Mermaid. You're right. They they look basically the same. I mean, I think the human animation in that movie is better. There's a lot of... You don't see the people's faces in this movie, but I think that's... That's, that's, that's the main thing, the dog perspective. Yeah. So, I mean, that's cool. I like the Italian fellows that are giving them the spaghetti. Oh, the Bellinote scene. There are some shoehorned music. That's a good musical number, but there are some random shoehorned in... And like we said Jesus last time, Tram. where the lady is um sad that they have had a baby, <laughs> and there's not real singing; it's just kind of talking. But you love him; he's a tramp. You're right. There was that song. Which, so if you ever played Fallout Four, which is a pretty good game, I would recommend it. There's you can you have your little pit boy, which is like a giant like watch. It's like a it's like a smartwatch, but okay. you know it's like a weird like 50, a Buzz Lightyear thing, like a yeah fifties aesthetic. Okay, and you can like tune into like classical radio station or the police radio or there's like the local radio station from from diamond city which is inside a baseball diamond or whatever okay but this guy the guy who like the guy who's the host he's like really unsure of himself and he's all like that was um frank sinatra and um it's pretty good no no it's, it's really good i like it a lot <laughs> anyways here's um danny k rocket 69 <laughs> <laughs> but then there's one called he's a guy and i'm pretty sure because it's actual songs from the 50s at the yeah. point i think i think that song is based on he's a guy it's basically the same lyrics but it's like he's a guy instead of he's a tramp or something oh, i think sure. they're i think that it's a tramp one is inspired by that obviously that game that song didn't originate from fallout 4 yeah but that's what that reminds me of are you looking it up yeah i'm looking it up he's a guy or he's a man he's a He's the guy? He's a guy? He's my guy, Peggy Lee. Peggy Lee singing. You sure? Was it Peggy Lee? <laughs> it's Peggy Lee singing. He's my, he's my guy. Really? Okay. I don't... I, I can't remember. Are you looking at the song right now? Yeah, look it up. Is this it? Oh, he's not... a devil. He's it's, a guy. It's not going to work, but... Oh, because you're playing through your laptop? Yeah. Oh, that's fine. Okay. Anyways. I believe you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're right. You get... What about uh, the Siamese cat song? It's there, isn't it? Um, is it offensive? <laughs> I don't know. I think it probably is a little a offensive. A lot of people would argue that I'm not allowed to decide if that's offensive or not. I guess that's true. I um, think, so it's funny on Disney Plus now, at the end of... 
I prefer of... the Siamese cat song versus the the new one on Disney Plus. I prefer it. Okay. But am I a bad guy for preferring? It's kind of like um. It fits better in the movie because it was written by the same people. Right. It's like um Huck Finn. Like that was banned from schools because it's racist and contains the N word. Yeah. And everything, but it's now you read it in school. It's considered classical literature. Well, well, so I, I think... had to read that out loud in school. Okay. Yeah, I was I was one of the out loud readers for our class. Okay. And because they had me be Huck Finn. I'm just saying, if you're going to watch a movie like this, you should divorce yourself from the context of today and think of it as just the time. I know? think that's a good principle that you can apply when you're looking at anything from the past. Right. Because we've come a long way and we can look back, but don't... I think it's funny that on Disney Plus, it's like, this film contains culturally outdated depictions. And tobacco. <laughs> and tobacco. Which is fine. I, I mean, if you want... I guess you'd want parents to know that before going yeah. in, perhaps, if they'd never seen it before. I'll have you know, I never once watched Pinocchio as a kid and thought, I want to smoke. Pinocchio made me want to do the exact opposite. Oh, yeah. Because you'll get turned into a donkey or something. Yeah. That's literally scared the crap out of me. I'm like, I'm not drinking or smoking for the rest of my life, ever. I, re- I read that, like, they want again, little four-year-old okay. me. I read that Walt Disney wanted to make this movie more upbeat, like Dumbo. And I'm thinking, Dumbo is a horrifying movie. I'm not just talking about the remake either, God. I'm just talking like you got these racist crows that are making him jump off a tree with a feather and then he gets okay, drunk and he has a weird acid trip with pink elephants and everything. I love the racist crows because of that song they sing. I love it. I love the racist crows, you say. <laughs> okay. It's your band name? Yeah. We got the wet crows. We got the black crows. We need... Welcome to me, the racist crows. No, not going to work. Yeah, I'm going to... Prob- might edit this phrase out, but... No, I'll keep. I'll keep it. What phrase? Racist crows. Just this racist jokes. Anyway, here it is. Here, here's a here's a here's a review from when the movie came out. You ready? Okay, it's I love these. Good. I love this too. I started doing this this last week. I'm like, this is so fun. Um, I have two. Here's one from the New York Times, which okay. all, like always bags on it. <laughs> Not the best Disney has done in this line. The sentimentality is mighty, and the cinemascope size does not make for any less aware of the thickness of the goo. <laughs> Meaning it's like gooey. Yeah. It also magnifies the animation so that the flaws and poor foreshortening are more plain. Unfortunately, and surprisingly, the artist work is below par in this film. Hmm. Which... Agree. Just kidding. Who are they, what are they basing it off? Disney, Snow setting, White? Disney is setting the bar, okay? Disney's setting the bar, and... They might have fallen short from their own bar, but compare this to every animated movie that came out in 1955 that wasn't Disney. I don't, can't think of it. So. Huh. I wonder which one stood the test of time, whether we were forced to have it or not. Here's another one that I like better. Uh, this is from Time Magazine. You familiar with that one? Yes. It's from uh, Walt, Walter Biddy. No, that's Life movie. Magazine. No, keep going. it's not. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, Walt Disney has for so long parlayed gooey sentiment and stark horror into profitable cartoons that most mo- <laughs> that's true <laughs> that most moviegoers are apt to be more surprised than disappointed to discover that the combination somehow does not work at this time. Yeah, we talked about this last time, but the rat sequence still doesn't make sense to me, and it doesn't make sense that. <laughs> They come to the conclusion that they need to go adopt the tramp after that entire thing. We talked about this last time, yeah. but it doesn't make sense. It's just whichever. Like we said, it's basically if a a murderer was about to kill your child, so a homeless man saved your child, and then you decided to let the homeless man live with you. That's basically what it is. Wow. And they arrested the homeless man for trying to get your job, but then you realized that it was a murderer. What's interesting is that this got 95 out of, this was ranked number 95 out of 100 greatest love stories of all time. Is it? Yep. No. There were only two animated features that made the list. This was 95 out of 100, and number 34 was Beauty and the Beast. What year was this of all time? Um, it's two, Up isn't in there? The two, first five minutes of Up? 2010. Jim and Pam, are they in there? Well, that's the thing, though, is... The first five minutes of Up are a great love story, but Up is not about the love story. Yeah, but I think it stands on its own. Yeah. But it wouldn't count as a movie. Uh, just a, that, that should have been a Disney... They should make a Disney Pixar short film of just them being homies. You played it with my knife? 
It's a really good knife. It is a good knife. A scissor? Oh. Wow. <laughs> okay, whatever. You've got a really impressive leather in here. Hey, thanks. What do these little, like, things do? Which things? These here? Yeah. Um, this is a great podcast. Nail clipper? Cover. No, I'll show you. Because you can take out this thing in a lock. Oh. So it doesn't give you a bend, so I can actually use it. And I pull that to undo the lock. Okay, I see. Yeah. So Good, because one time when I was a kid, I had a Leatherman that didn't lock into place. And I stabbed my bedpost with it, and then it folded over on my thumb. So and I had to get five stitches. Five stitches? On my thumb? thumbnail. My thumb um, knuckle. I got the Assassin's Creed 3 bundle. Like the special edition bundle, and it gave me a hatchet. The, ha the hatchet that Connor uses in the game. Dang! Yeah, I still have it somewhere, but that dresser right there, I can show you. <laughs> Did you used to throw it at your dresser? I, I have some pots in it, parts in it where I just was so mad. I just went, come, come, come with my hatchet. Dang. Trashy hatchet because, you know, it was just like given to gamers. should have sharpened it. I should have sharpened it. Then I could have been like Connor and stopped the Battle of Bunker Hill and murdered the generals of the Red Coats. Mm. Very cool. But laying the tramp, there's, I, I don't know what else to say, you know? It was a lot more... It's more entertaining, I guess, because it's animated. I fell asleep, and I, I had to finish it this morning. Part of the reason that I think it was more entertaining is I wasn't... I I wasn't being, like, politically or otherwise preached at okay. with decisions made. In I didn't even feel like that with the first one. I just... With the, the remake? Yeah. I feel like that with the remake because... Of this movie. Oh, because I changed a lot. Because they changed a to lot. To get kind of a point across. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, I don't I don't think you need to change it to make a point across. Just make something new. Yeah. I um, It's the same problem with why Ghostbusters, the new one, didn't do so well. It was like, just make a new movie. I heard it's okay. The, it's not. I watched it. It's just like your opinion, man. Just yeah. Kidding, I haven't seen it. I don't like it. And I don't think you would like it. Okay. I like Kristen Wiig. Yeah. Chris Hemsworth's pretty funny in it. Okay. But he's like the most background of characters. Wow. Oh, it makes me sad. I was going to say about this movie that... I hope the new Ghostbusters just does good with Paul Rudd. I mean, it has to with Paul Rudd. It looks good. Sorry. I'm saying that the... Uh, there, there is like that Disney charm though to it. And it, it it's the charm of the atmosphere and the time it was made. Like... If you made a movie like that this around this time, I just feel like it wouldn't have the same effect. But knowing that it came from 1955 and you've got you've got these the Jim Deere and Darling and their houses, so it feels so antique and yeah and really quaint and kind of fun to exist in. Whereas they try to re recreate that in the new one, and it just feels fake. It, yeah, because it's like. I think, like I mentioned, it, the new one was filmed on a special lens that's like one of the first movies with that lens. Oh, yeah. That makes it like that's right. just a little extra high def. And with that, they tried to work more with the color schemes and just tried to be more artsy about it. And it failed to capture like what you're talking. Yeah. To me, I think it failed to capture the, the vintage yeah wholesome and like there's just there's just scenes of lady and the tramp walking through these streets at night and i'm like this is just like a pleasant town to be in but then the the movie we watched just feels like weird and plastic like justice league almost yes just it has this like filter over it yeah and it doesn't look like a town that's super fun it doesn't look like the town in the original movie yeah i don't know because i think if you're going to do something from a dog's perspective like make it don't first off if don't and then but like, make it a little more fun and lively, you know? I yeah. don't know. I yeah. Well, cool. I, that's all I have yeah, to say. I don't say know what it. else to say about this lame trap. Do you think it's a hot dog or a dog on it's it? It's a hot dog because I gave the other one a dog on it, and this one's. Did you get Fox better. and the Hound a dog on it? No, not dog, Fox and the Hound. I gave okay. Lady the Tramp 2019 a dog on it. Okay, I'm giving this a hot dog, but I really don't care about it still. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's nothing I'll watch again. Okay. I just don't care. I don't care. Like I said, I'll probably watch it again, but I wouldn't choose to watch it again. There's like a there's a multitude of other Disney movies I'd rather watch. Yeah. And I, I like how Disney's rolling with the movies now, but I guess that begs the question, should should they remake these original movies? John? No. Surprise. <laughs> yeah, I think we've said that so many times. I'm excited for Mulan. 
It was supposed to come out like a month ago. I know. Which makes me sad. But I don't want to see any other live action stuff. And I definitely don't want to see this weird weird Robin Hood thing they're doing. Yeah, is, is that really going to go? I also heard they're doing a live action Stitch. Why? And Why? Like, Part of the appeal of these movies is that they're animated. That one's too recent to me. That one's it's like, like if they did Frozen. If they made like a live action. Which oh. they would do. I mean, Frozen just barely got the Broadway musical. This would be a bit before we got Has Frozen. Tangled had a Broadway musical? Why no. has Tangled not had a Broadway musical? I don't know. There's not a ton of music in that movie, actually. There's I three songs in that movie. because Frozen has made an, Too much money. an insane amount of money. That's what I don't like about this whole Disney scheme is that the things that make money get more things out of it. And it's, it's because, if you think about it, if, if somebody likes a the movie, they're going to pay more money for it. They're going to get the stuff. I don't know. But the, I mean... Logically, it makes sense. I just don't like... I don't know. But that doesn't make sense. Commercially successful movies are not the same as critically successful movies. True. Rise of Skywalker, commercially commercially successful for the most part. Not critically successful. Critically successful, there was like a 95% Rotten Tomatoes for Last Jedi from the critics. But commercially... It was also successful because everyone saw it and hated it. Everyone saw it. The audience score is different. The audience score is different. But like Avatar, Avatar, commercially successful. Critically successful in my opinion? No, I don't think there's much in that movie. Yeah. And now they've got five sequels planned that are all, they get pushed back. Every year they get pushed back three more years. So maybe we'll see it before the world ends. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. I think right now they're slated to go against the next Star Wars movies that are coming out. Yeah, I think... Not against, because Disney owns both those rights. So oh. they're going to go every other year. It's going to be Star Wars one year, Avatar the next. Star Wars one year, Avatar the next. Great. My two favorite franchises. That's how That's how the next, that's how like those six Christmases are going to be in a row. Great. Star Wars, Avatar, Star Wars, Avatar. Well, maybe if this Flash movie ever comes out, DC can get another no. nail in the coffin. <laughs> another nail in the coffin for DC just to stop making their live action movies or just restart. They have to wait a couple I don't years. know. <laughs> they have to wait a couple years and then spin it off this new Batman maybe just, just do it yeah I don't know I think what if, what if they I've heard this positive what if they benched Batman so what if it went Man of Steel then it went Wonder Woman Man of Steel 2 Suicide Squad and then at the end of Suicide Squad tease Batman and then by the time 2017 rolls around it's like Batman's back. We haven't seen him for like seven years. The crowd is like, could you imagine the hype of like, we benched Batman for like six years and now like the first Justice League movie, we're cranking him out, he's gonna be in it and then you do your Batman solo movie. Like, when, I feel like they didn't let it breathe. Can you do, can you do Suicide Squad without Batman? Like, yes. without, I don't know, I feel like so many of the members are just Batman villains. Like who? Like, uh, Harley Quinn. Deadshot. Yeah. Deadshot's Harley not Quinn. Batman. He's just across the DC Oh, I just, I just used to see him as Batman. Captain Wars. Boomerang. Flash. Every every Suicide Squad comic it almost exclusively doesn't have Batman in it. I know. But what about the Joker? Isn't he in the Suicide Squad? No, he's squad? never in the squad. Oh. Why it's usually... It's usually... Why did they drag Jared Leto to make a horrible Joker? I don't know. I don't think it's movie? his fault. I think it's studio. I think it is his fault and the studio's fault. It's both their fault. Why is it his fault? He did what he was told to do. Yeah, but he also didn't Too have much. to mail the actors like weird things, dead and, animal and parts. And like use condoms and everything. Yeah, yeah he didn't. So it's, he went it's totally far. his fault. He went too far. I just think, you know, I mean, typically the Suicide Squad is Harley Quinn, Deadshot, Captain Boomerang, Killer Croc. I guess that's another Batman villain who's usually on it. You don't need Batman to be in it. Just reference it. Yeah. I guess they did pretty well in the other Suicide Squad. Just reference I like, it. I like his appearance. I think that's some of the best I've seen of the Ben Affleck Batman is in Suicide Squad. Yeah. Pretty decent. I liked Ben Affleck as Batman. I was initially a huge hater of him. But then I saw Batman vs. Superman. And he's one of the only things about that movie that I think is genuinely good. Yeah. My mom other than argue, all the murdering. My mom would argue backwards. But... Oh, that that movie's great except for Ben Affleck no, Batman? No, that she hates Ben Affleck Batman. <laughs> That's okay. I don't like that he murders everyone. Yeah, but that's not his fault. That. I think he really nails that Bruce Wayne kind of... I think of. get out of the way if there's somebody shooting a gun at you. <laughs> in a car that has a gun. Batman shouldn't be shooting the gun. Yeah, but in all the cartoons I've seen of the Batmobile, the Batmobile is just loaded with explosives and crap. I think that's a hangover from the Burton movies. But he never kills. That's Batman's number one rule. No guns, no killing. Yeah. 
I just, I don't get it. Zack Snyder. <laughs> if you're listening. If you're listening, and John, I know you are. John's coming for you. I'm coming for you. <laughs> and I'm going to come with you with the fury of Batman in your movies. Ooh. I'm going to shoot a grappling hook into your car, and then I'm going to beat a bunch of other cars with the car you're in. That's what I'm going to do. Sounds good to be Just kidding, Zack Snyder. I, I don't. I'm sure 300's great. I know. I've, you haven't seen 300? No, I don't care for it. I mean, it's decent. It's the honest, it's the honest trailer that's like, because, so Frank Miller wrote The Dark Knight Returns, and he wrote 300, and then Zack Snyder directed 300, and he wrote Batman v Superman, which is kind of based off The Dark Knight yeah. Returns. And the honest trailer's like, from the man who made Batman cool again, and from the man who's probably going to make Batman suck again. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I don't know. It's a pretty good joke. Yeah, that's pretty good. Well, um, laying the trap. I, I give it a hot dog. Like I said, it's that great charm. It's that good animation. What's wrong about it is I, I just don't care. Movies have come pretty far that they're, that's a different kind of entertainment now. You're right. Because then it was like, let's see, let's show you what we can do with animation. You're right. Back then it was like, this is a bit, this is, that was like Avatar. Yeah. It's like Snow White back in the day was like Avatar. Like in the 1930s. I don't even remember being that impressed when Avatar came out and I watched it. Well, I think I was too young to get it. But I think my dad, who grew up with all the bad CGI in the 90s and early 2000s, is like, wow, it looks freaking real. Yeah. And it does. It, that still holds up. Like that's, Avatar is technically really a pr- impressive movie. Yeah. I just don't think there's anything complicated in the story. I will still stand by. I think the best thing I've ever seen in CGI, can you guess? Planet of the Apes? No. That's my Davy Davy Jones. David Jones looks so good. It's good, but it I still think holds up I think me. freaking Caesar in Planet of the Apes is the best thing I've ever seen. The and most realistic looking. The close ups of seen. Thanos are pretty decent. Thanos is pretty dang good. But I got that that scene in is it Dead Man's Chest when they're this other ship and he's like saying the David Jones things. What is he saying? I don't know. I haven't seen it for a while. Oh gosh. So when he puts the tentacle through that guy's mouth, it's pretty well, gross. He's killing guys and throwing them overboard. He's asking if they're going to serve with him on the ship. And he like blows out a candle. Like just, I don't know. It just is so Is some of that also practical? I think there might be some practical magic. Also Maybe. Out in there. Maybe. Bill Nighy. It's pretty good. So good. And I, I think that's why those, those movies had such high budget. Is it still the, the highest budgeted movie? movie they filmed the all three budgeted? of them in a row. Just like the Lord of the Rings. Really? Yeah. I bet the highest budget is some like Endgame Infinity War though. Yeah, I would you're probably or every episode of The Mandalorian. <laughs> every Okay. They have the coolest set. Have you seen that? Yeah, that's that like, like 180 and you also roof feeling, screen. Yeah. Like, holy crap. Green screens out, I think. I, would, I, I could I sent you a video about like how like this could just be the end of green screen. Yeah. Because it's it's, it's better. It's amazing. It's so expensive, but it's very expensive. And I mean, now they have that set already, so now you can just anything. I mean, what was I gonna look at? Oh yeah, movie highest movie budget of all time. Yeah. What if it was like Sherlock? What if it was like Sherlock and Watson, Holmes and Watson, or something? Um, most expensive films. Yep, I was right. What was it? Pirates of the Caribbean. On oh. Stranger Tides officially holds a record with a budget of. Can you guess? No. What? You're not going to guess? 600 million? More than that? No, it's less than that. 378.5 million. Oh. The Hobbit trilogy stands to the most expensive back-to-back film production. Oh, yeah. Which, with the combined cost of 623 million. Did it make its money back? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. I, I paid for a ticket for all of them, though, so... It, including inflation? It looks like it's been hurt. <laughs> fun fact it's a it's a common misconception that people died in that movie that's not true yeah you're right I want I, oh I have the list of most, most expensive films right now number one is Pirates of the Caribbean number two Age of Ultron oh boy number three is Endgame interesting interesting there are only Ultron and Endgame were off by only 10 million difference. Ben Hur, why? Probably just building chariots and all the Coliseums and yeah, and all that. And Charlton Heston. Solo and Rise of Skywalker had the same budget. Needlessly for Solo. 
Well, that, that, that's because Solo had to get restarted. That's what I'm so saying. I'm saying, yeah. I'm saying, like, it shouldn't. Because I think they initially were like, we'll do Solo on the cheap. But then it, it just ballooned. Got, they were like, hey, I need, I'm going to need more money to scrap what this guy did. And you've already spent money on this other stuff. Shouldn't have fired Lord Miller. Yeah. I like how it turned out, personally. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> yeah. You say, you say that like you're sharp. It's better than it should have been, is what I'll say. It's better than it Well, uh, now we're just talking about nothingness. Yep. Let us know what movie we should watch next week. We only have two more. Oh, one more. We only have one more dog ear movie. We were going to do that uh, puppy show. Oh, but I haven't watched any of it. I haven't watched any of it either, and I don't, I don't kind of want to. Yeah, me neither. So wait, so one more, and then we'll do Airbud 4? Yeah. Okay. I'm kind of looking forward to the Airbud. Me too. <laughs> oh, boy. And then there's, is there only one more Airbud, and then we start following the puppies? I don't know, man. Oh, I'm scared. Well, thanks for listening to Kinetic Critique. Heck to the yes. You can catch us at kinetic.com, Kinetic Critique on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Gmail. Follow music that, or Elijah David Webb. Oh, we already plugged him. We can't plug him again. Okay, we can do whatever we want. Oh, that's right. Okay. Because you're in charge. This is America. <laughs> Charles Gambino, check him out. <laughs> if you want. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a fine song, I guess. Um, I'm at Flower Lower on the Instagrams. I'm at BJ Nielsen. And um, did we talk about everything we talked about? Yeah, sure. The story of music. No, the music of story. I was going to add a PSA about the Star Wars thing, but last week you were mad at me. What PSA? So I'm going to give it another week before I talk about it. I don't want to hear it ever again. This is not <laughs> Catch you in the dog house. PSA. I watched, it, I watched the Star Wars thing. Next week, bye-bye. Mm-hmm.